everybody welcome to our podcast my name is alex and i'm lizzie and this is what is from podcast we are doing episode two tonight alex i can't believe we got a whole week and i didn't i only watched episode two see that's the thing you're not supposed to watch more than one i know and it's like creepy because i really want to and i want to see what happens but tonight's episode that we're going to be covering is called The Way Things Are Now. Emphasis on now. Now. Did you know that now backwards is one? Okay. See, this is why I love podcasting with you, because you, uh, you make me think. I got to keep on my A game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that said, oh um, I know you rewatched this. And what are some of your like thoughts about this particular episode? You know... I, it's, it's hard, even though I've seen all the episodes, it's really hard for me to not hit next. I know. Um, because I am so sucked in and it is so much richer for me because I'm taking notes and right. I'm looking at all the little nuances and the things that, um, I don't want to say that I glanced over. I knew some of those things were there and some of these things I've just now discovered. Um, so this, this show only, only gets better. Um, and I really loved this episode because it is about the realization that life has changed. Absolutely. You know? I mean, the title says it all. And yeah. I, I have to say, you know, they've they've done a great job in the two episodes of really framing the world in yeah. in two hours. You know what's going on. And it's, it's incredible. What I love about it, and we're going to get into it in just a minute, is they explain it, but then they still have you thirsty for more, so to speak. Yeah, they, it's all just enough. Their world building is beyond expert level i right. am so loving it and all i want to do is to go to their set and look around and just be in that little town that's all i want to do it was right. kind of like um when i was taking the tours onto um the walking dead sets when right. they had those tours i don't know if you got a chance to do that but yeah. Did you? No, what we did oh. was we went to uh Sonoma and we saw Noia. we saw the gates yeah. and the gated community and we actually took a picture um in front of the wall. Yeah. And then what was really neat and for those of you that haven't been down there, if you get a chance to go down there and take the tour, it's so what we did was good but what you're talking about was probably great and it was beyond that and and yeah. like we were we were on the tracks where terminus was yeah and it was so funny because it it was a rainy rainy day that day and 
we were all, we just came in from all over the country uh-huh. and we're all exhausted. It's pouring out. And I looked at those train tracks and I'm like, you know what? We need to get our butts down there and take that picture. So we yeah. do the whole tour and I basically strong arm everybody to go down this hill and we take the picture and then we do the zombie pose and we do a regular pose. And I have to say it was probably one of the, my my favorite pictures of the whole entire trip and it was within the first couple of hours of being in Atlanta so um it, it just was it was a if anybody gets to go on any of those set tours um or the the scene tours uh, especially in Sonoma they have stuff from fried bean tomatoes Sonoya, Sonoya. I'm sorry Sonoya Ugh. you've got us out in Arizona Either Arizona or New Mexico. <laughs> so we're, we're all over the place. I mean, yeah. that's how that's how good that we're we're uh, trying to be. But that yeah. said, um, you know, like you said, this is great writing, great, uh, great Isn't it detail. Nice to not bitch about the writers. <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about that tonight. <laughs> that's a different podcast oh that we God. we we but know and it's love. Just, it's just so nice to appreciate what they've done here and um wanting to see what you know what's next you know even though for me i've seen it all it's it's new in a different way and i i just am so impressed and excited by the whole thing i i don't know who said it and it it could have been jason or some of the other but maybe rima you know this is a great time for shows yeah um you know because of the streaming services there's so many great shows with good writers out there the problem is there's just not enough hours in the day and you know one thing releases another thing releases i mean you've got me so wanting to watch oz right now I just can't stick another show in my yeah. in my in my brain right now. But after after we do this, I'm or maybe I'll try to squeeze in and as we're going along. But I, I'm definitely gonna uh, visit Oz and um, I can't I, I can't go back there. I know it's hard, and that that's yeah. one of the reasons why I didn't wanna I didn't want to go there. But yeah. sometimes you have to you have to make it happen. We're going to do a couple of points, right? And I know we're going to go, you know, the thing about this particular uh, episode is they they have a couple of major groups and they're telling the story together. So, yeah. I mean, we're going to call them points, but at the same time, it's more, you know, I hate to use the word bottle areas of the of the oh, town see i didn't bottle my areas no I but you understand know, what i mean it's yeah. like yeah i mean there's three three sets that are happening the right time. there's three sets that's that's the best way of saying it what is your since since you're the uh the queen of the uh podcast what is your yeah. first point well lord baelish my first point is going to be um backstory info Okay. And this is going to be um, a bunch of different characters. I'm just going to run down it. If you want to um, jump in, just jump in. But sure. um, it was just notes, and this is not in order, that I took while I was watching. So the main theme is that everyone sees the tree in the road. 
everyone yes. sees the tree and the crows. So Kenny, Kenny saw the tree when he and his mother went out looking for his dad. His dad has dementia and had wandered off. And I don't think we know where Kenny is from, but wherever they were looking for the dad, they ended up on this road and um, they saw the tree. Um, then let's see, there's Victor who has been there a long, a really long time. So that's him. He's a little um, creepy, creepy. And I, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about him. Um, yeah, he's, well, he seems like he's going to be a little bit of a, um, how should I say it? A lot more important as, as a viewer, he doesn't seem that important, but I think because he's been there for so long, I think he may be uh, a person that could be filling in a lot of blanks. Yeah, um, I'd agree because he's mysterious and he's like one of those characters where you're like, oh, he's probably just like wallpaper, you know, something to just give everything a little bit of color and context. But mm -hmm. um you know, he comes into the kitchen and grabs an entire can of peaches. <laughs> and, you know, when I saw that, it reminded me of being in grade school <laughs> and the peaches you would get, you know, with your lunch, you know, right. the canned peaches. And I was like, it just seems like, so, and, and this was early on in the episode. Right. And I didn't realize how important this thought would become until later in the episode. But I was just like, you know, it just seems like such a little kid thing. And even the way that Fatima talks to him, like, just, you know, go ahead, take the peaches. It's going right. to be fine. Like he's, he's like worried he's, about Donna. Yeah. Almost like he's special, but he's not. Yeah. He's an adult. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, then Donna sits down to give the lay of the land to Tabitha. And she tells the story of her and her sister being on a hunting trip and they had um, shot a deer and they had the deer on the car and they ended up, they saw the tree and then they start the back and forth and it's getting late and it's getting dark out. And they're like, well, we saw a motel back there. Why don't we go back there? And um, so they go back into the town and they're in the road and there's a guy in front of the car and he's just looking at them with us and he's smiling. And Donna lays it out pretty clearly that her sister is not someone to be trifled with. Absolutely. And I'm like, wait a minute, were they twins? <laughs> because like from the picture, they're not twins. You can tell they're sisters, but like, I can't imagine the way Donna tells it that her sister was the stronger personality and Donna has a pretty dominant personality herself, Absolutely. you know? So, you know, the sister gets out with the, the gun and she's trying to be like, you know, move and all this other stuff. And the guy just stands there and smiles at her. And then he attacks her and, um, you know, rips her face off and then starts skinning her and Donna, you know, sees more of them coming and she gets out of the car and runs and ends up hiding 
um, in bushes in the woods. And to me, that just doesn't seem like a super safe place to hide at all. And um, and it's kind of, you know, worth noting that that was enough for many of them to survive. And And that's what she said, which I which I found was interesting that a lot of them didn't have shelter right away. They were in the bushes in the beginning, she said. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, And she's been there for three years, six months and 17 days. So those talisman have come along since that point. So whatever it is, those talisman give them a fighting chance. Mm -hmm. So it could have been that, you know, people weren't sticking around for very long because they had no real safe place to hide. But now that they do, that's why they've gone 96 days or had gone 96 days without an incident. But the numbers are going to start to stack up because they're not dying as fast. So that's that's her story. Um, Christy was a third year med student. Right. And that's... Um, that's that's uh, that's an interesting story unto itself. Yeah. Um, you know, that whole RV scene, uh, yeah. you know, I find really fascinating because you've got Christy and the sheriff who yeah. know what's going on. Yes. They're scared out of their mind. Um, then you've got uh, Jim, who's just freaking out. And he yeah. said something interesting, you know, because the sheriff is like. You have to trust me. He's like, I don't even know you. Right. And and then you've got Christy who's trying to not only do her job, which is be a doctor, but then she's starting to hear voices and she's starting to get freaked out. Um, I mean, it, it was just it was chilling because they're in there like. You know, you've got Jim. Ethan's passed out. He doesn't have a clue what's going right. on, right? Yeah. But but Jim is a pretty level-headed guy. Um, he's my last note. He was an engineer and he made theme park attractions. Ro- yeah, roller coaster engineer. Yeah. So you know, he he's got a brain in his head. You know, he's rational and he's just like, I don't get. You know, last week he's like, I don't get what you're doing with covering that window and hanging up the talisman. Why can't we leave here? You know, all like realistic questions, you know, but then um, they're in there and a guy knocks on the wall and he's like, hey, you guys all right in there? And he sounds like, you know, know, Charlotte is not all right. He sounds like a, you know, a decent you know, neighbor guy, right? You guys okay in there? And, and I would think that the compulsion would be to say, no, we're not okay in here. We need help. Right. You know? So, um, kind of like, cause the thing is, even if we don't know, even if we're not in the fourth wall watching this happening, right. Right. We're looking at Christy and we're looking at Boyd. They also seem like fairly level-headed people if you put aside the weird things that they're doing and saying True. and the things that they're not doing and saying. And then you have Jim. And 
like you could see how he would not want to trust them because on the one hand they seem normal but on the other hand these other things that they're doing do not seem normal at all it, it doesn't make any sense they're trapping me in this camper when my son needs help you know right but um it's just just the whole like you've got to take my word for this oh i know, you know? and it just gets creepier and creepier and, and then there's a scene later on and um you know they're banging on it and they're, they're screaming about it like on the outside they want yeah. in because they want dinner there's four people in there oh absolutely that is like going to you know golden corral or something it's gonna be something for everybody but i just i loved the tension in that camper oh it was it, you could you could cut it with a knife and it, it was interesting how they took that one let's just say 12 hours and it was like it was a roller coaster uh between yeah. everything that was going on i mean yeah. what i liked about and what my first point i'm sorry did you have anything else on that point um no i got through my things and i you know, I hate to say it, but I was thinking of something that I was trying to get to and then couldn't remember it once I got in the weeds. <laughs> so at any rate, go ahead. Uh, no, you know, I what I loved about the scene was, or I should say the opening was, they started right where they left off. Yeah. They're running towards the house. Which is so scary. It's scary as heck. And the one thing that I found really interesting was they were outside and those monsters did not attack them. So, well, that's the thing. Like, there's something where they have to like get invited in some way. Well, in the house. But the thing was, remember when Donna was telling the story, and right. she said he just stood there. Right. He wasn't in any kind of rush. You know, like he he knows he has the upper hand. Correct. And the thing is, this is going to take away one of my points, but it ties into the story that Kenny tells about. Oh, the I know that's that was one of my points as well. Yeah. So. All right. So we'll talk about this point without, you know, we'll just move it up in our list. But, you know, there were a couple of little stories in this episode, and one of them was the chess pieces where, you know, Kenny knows his dad has them. And right. it doesn't matter what he does. There's only so many places that he can hide. It's kind of an interesting thing because chess, I'm not a like a player in any way other than I know the basics of chess. You know, you, you watch enough and you see enough things about chess. It, it's a mind game. And if you do have that upper hand, you don't have to do much. Yeah, what I find fascinating is they are playing a game of of chess, and it goes back to Donna's story. One yeah. of the things that that you said was, you know, they were having the talk, right? Well, they yeah. didn't just kill her sister. No, they played with their food. Yeah, and they tortured her. They were like cats with a mouse. I'm still, and you're still learning a little bit more about these monsters in terms of what they can and they can't do. So yeah. they finally get to the house. Everything should be good. And the guy in the other door with the big gun is like, yeah, I'm not opening up the door. 
And, you know, he just struck me as the Neanderthal in the house. Right. Mr. Very black and white and not much of a thinker for himself. So to well, I'm me, just doing what I'm told. Yeah. You know, he's Mr. Red shirt in that regard, you know. Um, but Donna, I don't know if Donna's like using her spidey sense or if she's just like goes back to her sister's death. And that's why she's like, open the door and let them in. Right. Um, because she knows, I mean, Ellis is the only one that lives there. And right. maybe she has a, uh, I think, well, it seems. She heard she him. No, she heard Ellis and she's like, Ellis is out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's why she want. you know, like she has a, I think she has a special spot for Ellis. Right. Because there's something that's going on between her, the sheriff and Ellis. Right. Or maybe it's over Ellis. I don't know. but she wasn't willing to risk Ellis's life. And it was like, you know, they just walk and, and someone even makes that note later on. They don't run anywhere. No, they just walk. So our guys are running and, you know, they're on the porch. And then all of a sudden there are seven of them on the porch. Yes. Kenny shoots them and nothing happens. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of the things like, you know, he's just like, oh, seriously, <laughs> you know, one of the other things that I, I did want to point out was how Kenny was and the priest were so taken aback by the um, colony houses way of introducing people into this world versus yeah. what they do. Um, you know, yeah. they, they do the tires or whatever else. Yeah, that's great. Well, these people, they tie them down because they don't want them to freak out or go out the door and cause yeah. more damage and mayhem. Well, so. it seems like the smart thing to do to kind of control that because they, plus on top of it, they know they're new people, but they have no idea what stage in the game these new people are at. True. You know, to find out that well everything's different now you're not going anywhere and there's people there's not people there's something out there because they don't call them people right i think they make a point of of saying that they're not people and plus they do refer to them as monsters right but um there's just you know it's us and them and we don't want we don't even know if if they can become them yeah, that that was something I was I was thinking. How do these monsters get How created get or job? not created? Yeah, but it is it is going to be something that down the road we're hopefully going to get some answers to, if yeah. not this season, hopefully next season. Season two. Yeah. That said, you know, I just wanted to talk about that opening uh, where they get into the house and how yeah. Colony House really works. Yeah. So, what's your next uh, point? All right. Okay. Um, I had put, um, oh, well, my two, I have two parts, 2A and 2B. And it's, you know, toward the beginning of the episode. And Jim is trying to understand what the heck's going on. Right. And the one thing that they both agree on is that this is impossible. Because they're both two very rational men. And they're like, 
this can't be happening. There is just no way in this, in our reality that this can be happening. This doesn't make sense. Right. Um, so it's a matter of Boyd trying to tell him, like, we can't let them in. He talks to them about the talisman. As long as there is a talisman hanging in the window, they can't get through the doors, the windows or anything. They can't come in. Um, and then Jim asks what happens if they get in. And that's when you hear them talking, they're laughing, they're knocking on the sides of the camper, they're walking around. Like Jim's got, um, like, cause it's on its side. So yes. part of the curtain has slid down and you could see someone walking by and I'm just like, Oh, I wish I was that person. I can walk by. I'd be really, really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, then, then it's just Donna laying it out to, um, to Julie, not Julie to Tabitha. So as Jim's getting the deal, um, Tabitha's getting the deal and, um, and she's saying every single person, and this is, you know, aside from being human, this is the one thing that every single person there has in common, that every one of them has had a first night. Right. And I love, you know, she's like, I'm going to give you the worst conversation of your life. Oh, yeah. She, she lays it out and she is. Yeah. She's blunt. She's blunt and, and truthful. Like what you I like mean. it a lot. I like yeah, it a lot. I do too. Like that's who I aspire to be. People can't always handle the truth and not to sound like Jack Nicholson, but you know, like I would just like tell it to me straight. Like, don't walk around everything and not tell me. Just tell me what it is. That's all I want to know. Right. You know, um, because otherwise. I just, I don't really have much use for anything if I, if you're not going to tell me like it is. So that's what I like about her. So what do you have? For my second point or second thing is Sarah and yeah. the whole, let's just call it the hospital for lack of a better term. Actually, a note, a side note is that the hospital was a school. Because yeah, they, yeah that. It, it, now that you mention it, it did look a little um, in the basement. I, I recognize as a school. You see the numbers? Yes, like yes. Numbers. That's when I was like, oh my God, this is a school. But then when you look, um, when they're playing chess, there's a whole stage set up. And whatever happened, the last play that happened there, it was Halloween. Oh, yes. They had the tombstones with RIP on it. And then they had um, the bats, you know, cut out bats flying around. So, I mean, that is a really big clue. Something happened right around Halloween. True. And, and, and then it, you know that based on how these monsters are dressed, you can't assume that they were all the original inhabitants mm -hmm. because there are several different decades, but none of them seem to be, I don't think anyone's like pre-1950s. I haven't gotten a good look at everyone, but no, I haven't in either. this episode, we got to see a lot, a lot of them. So Sarah, Sarah's in the school slash 
uh, infirmary. And mm-hmm. in the previous episode, she decides that she needs to kill Toby. Yeah. Poor Toby. No, Nathan. No, that's Toby. Nathan's her brother. No. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, folks. I should know this, but they all. Dude, it's it's episode two. If someone's gonna, you know, give you crap about that. So she kills him, but she's hearing these voices, and then in this episode, she decides to um, finish him off. But what I don't understand about this whole entire thing is how the heck does she get out the door and go home? Meaning, shouldn't the shouldn't the monsters have done something to her? And my other question is, the voices that she's hearing, are they the voices from the monsters or are the voices that she already had? And I was talking to my wife about this. I'm like, maybe she's immune to the voices of the monsters because she's got too many other voices in her head already. Well, I think that's who's talking to her. Is the is the monsters? Yeah, because at the end when she's taking the shower and, you know, Nathan comes, she, um, would she say to him, um, let's see, did I Something write Something like they, they made me do it or. Yeah, she's like, she tells her brother that she doesn't have a choice and she tells him that I left the door open. So whatever they're saying to her she's feeling very pressured to do what they want her to do and to the point where she feels that she doesn't have a choice and she's sacrificing other other people's lives and this particular like we don't know how many she's given up at this point but this particular life probably doesn't mean much of anything to her because he's just arrived. It's almost it's almost like she's trying to sacrifice people to keep yeah. herself, to keep the group safe for some yeah. reason. Yeah, because they they tell her to make it look like it was them, which is kind of pointless if she's going to leave the door open. And- but then again, they. It, it doesn't look like they did anything to Toby. Well, no, but they did something to the other two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they went to town there. It and, was, and it's kind yeah. of a shame because I, I was really starting to like the father and it, it would have been neat to get to know the nurse caretaker yeah. person. Cause she seemed like she, uh, had some good, uh, good backstory you know who she reminded me of um was in the walking dead in alexandria Uh uh-huh uh what's her name she had the blonde hair she she was an alexandrian who ended up hooking up with um i'm i'm only thinking denise or um it can't be olivia but denise the one that um got involved with uh tara yes that's exactly what i was thinking of yeah um, I, I don't know why I thought it was her, but I mean, I had a feeling like that. Um, it just seemed like she had a good story that could have been played out a little bit. Yeah. That said, the, the important part about that whole scene was one, she opened the door Two, yeah. she was either encouraged by the monsters or something, other voices in her head. And yeah. what I find interesting is that she just went to her brother and she was she had that other story about the glass yeah it just was 
off the wall creepy and he's just like what is good what did you do like yeah. really what did you do so yeah. it's it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out and what if anything they end up doing to her yeah you know she could be that serial killer that nobody wants to deal with kind of thing yeah i, I mean it's like she could be slowly going mad for all we know that's what's happening to her um no med- no medication in this world well yeah not that they can readily get their hands on unless someone drives in with it true so it, it's just she's being completely honest with her brother and my guess is that from the looks of her, from the looks of him, they were very two, you know, very good natured kids that probably stayed out of trouble. Their parents were probably super proud of them and all of that stuff. And whatever it is, she's susceptible to those voices. Right. And she hears them. And I think that I just think that they're talking to her, you know, like maybe they talk to all of them and she's the only one on the right frequency to hear them for all we know. That, that could be, that could be the case. But I, I, I will say that was an interesting yet poignantly sad scene. And yeah, I mean, especially right before that, Kenny is just saying how he's at the breaking point. Yeah. Of this place. And we still don't know how long most of these people have been there. Yeah. Well, we know that Victor has been there a really long time. I understand that, but what's a really long time? Yeah, we don't know. Exactly. I mean, we know Donna has been there for three years. Yeah. Maybe it's just that stories that he's told has let them into, you know, get given them an idea that, you know, how long he's been there, but maybe he doesn't even know how long he's been there. Right. Because, you know, after watching him, it just, it does feel like his maturity level has been stunted. I mean, he could have been a, he could have been a kid that yeah, grew up here and you just lose track of time because time really has no meaning. Yeah. Or I should say, you know, dates. Or the length of time, maybe. And the people that he may know and care about could have all been dead. Yeah. Maybe he was the la- the lone survivor. He's the last of something. the, yeah, he's the lone survivor. Yeah. Well, how old would you say he is? I'd say he's in his 50s, maybe 60s. I That's mean, I look really better cool. than him, hopefully, but, and I'm in my 50s. I'm in my fifties. I don't think I look like I'm in his range. But at the same time, we we're not in the middle of from. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm thinking he's late sixties. Okay. I mean, not late late sixties, early seventies. Maybe. Um, I mean, it's and... funny because I was looking at his, you know, his. I am like the actor himself. Yeah. And of course, he looks so much better. Right. He doesn't have to put on a face to... But he's still a little creepy. It's just the long hair doesn't help him either. No. But, you know, it's just it's just one of those things that um, I think that he, he could be... Well, he is 50 years old. 
in real life. What? He's born the same year that that I was, 71. They must put some makeup on him. Yeah. Because I seriously thinking he was 20 years older. Well, I bet you we'll find out. Yeah. Either way. But I think the fact is, when it comes to him, what I also find interesting, which I'm going to go into another point here, if you don't mind. No, um, go right ahead. Is we found out where all the pictures came from. Yes. I know that was I knew that was a point that you wanted to make, but uh, well, no, not necessarily. I I do want to make uh, I do want to draw a line, but um, all those pictures are from the opening credits, and they're all kind of elementary. They're like yeah. yeah, and they're just effing creepy. They are. It's like if. If he was drawing those pictures in school, they'd be calling in the school psychologist and hoping that the parents would take the kid home or at least get him get him help. Get him help. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, no, I, I I'm glad that they put that together. Like, I mean, in terms of they matched it up. Yeah. Um, the thing that always gets me, especially now, like working on set, adults mm-hmm. drew all those pictures, <laughs> and I'm like jealous. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, I have an idea. Maybe I'll draw some of these pictures and I'll give them away to listeners. There you go. <laughs> we got no, hey, I, I, my daughter can uh, make a make a, a stick figure better than anybody, but then I'll yeah. fill in the rest of it. But um, yeah. no, it's just kind of an interesting thing that Colony House is very colorful. Yes. And, it's very free spirited. You get, yeah, on but I mean, inside. like with all the drawings in his room, yeah. everything that. Wait a minute, who are you talking about, Victor? Not not just or Victor, Ellis. but Victor Ellis. Just the whole place is yeah. a very and someone just playing piano. Yeah, it's just it's very vibrant and colorful versus Probably, yeah. the sheriff and his group, which are more slugging along. Yeah. Uh, Blue tones, yeah. Um, I Down mean, in the, the crayons—they're all wearing beige. But even the even the crayons, yeah. You know, he's not using he's not using the uh, the dark colors. He's no, got he the reds and the red, black. There's brown. There's um, because in the montage, I mean, there's tons of red for right. obvious reasons, and black is a big color. Like there's one in particular, um, there was one he had, it looked like he had orange hair and he had bloody eyes and a bloody mouth and he had pointed teeth. And of course there was blood on it and his shirt was orange. And then the next picture was like a green, like tornado swirl but it looked like there was a bird's beak on the inside, but it was green. Mm-hmm. So I, I, to me, the green really seemed out of place. Right. And so what is going on? You know, was that a bird that wasn't as sinister looking as a crow and some kind of storm came along and, you know, maybe it was a lush tropical zone or something. And, you know, 
something happened. But when I saw Ellis's painting, I knew it was, it wasn't the same as all the crayon drawings, but it was still kind of primitive, you know? Because, Which one? Um, it's in the opening credits. Oh, the Adam and Eve one? Yes. All right. So it wasn't just me. That's you actually in his room. That's yeah. in his room when, uh, when, what's her name? Um, Julie? Yeah, when Julie is in there and he kind of like is startled by it, it's in the background. Yeah. Well, I called it Adam and Eve in hell. (laughs) Okay. You know, when I first saw it, because, you know, it's going by so quickly in the opening credits that, you know, I'm trying to pause it. And of course, it's, you know, they're, they're just focusing on different parts of that painting and they're not showing it in total. Right. But I was like, is that a bridge? What is that going through it? But when we see it in his room, it's two sets of tire tracks Mm -hmm. that can't be on the same vehicle because they come in toward each other. And I was like, he really didn't do Fatima any favors by painting her naked. (laughs) Like, if you're going to draw me topless, make it look good (laughs) don't give me like little circles (laughs) well he also has some other ones of her that are uh yeah they're far more advanced but anatomically correct that's for sure yeah but i was just like those are headlights (laughs) yes you know but but then again we don't know who actually painted those it might not be him it might not be ellis it could be somebody else it could yeah. have been, it might be Victor. It could be yeah. just about anybody. So I mean, that's the thing about this this whole um, colony house is because of the creativity and the free spirit. We're gonna find out, hopefully, how they work and what, who does what eventually, either this season or going into next season. Yeah. Um, so. I know we're kind of all over. So what is your, I mean, cause we start. I started one place and we went the other. Um, I know, oh, the, what, the other one thing po- I did want to talk about. Yeah. The other thing I did want to talk about was when they, um, wait, where is it? When they brought, um, Toby in. Yeah. He's, uh-huh. or, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Jade. Jade. Uh, in, he's all drunk and he's all whatever. And I don't know the character, but that some girl came in and like wanted his watch. Oh yeah. She's just, yeah. Um, she pops in. I know she comes in, in another episode, but yeah, she was, yeah, she was looking to just take his watch right off of him. And and she said something interesting, like, like, like time has no worth in this place. Yeah, and you know, um, who was it? Ellis is then why do you want it? Just because I can have it. Yeah. I mean she she recognized something of monetary value that she wanted and you know, she's definitely got a style going on where she's wearing everybody's stuff. So I think her name is Gina. I think her name is Gina in there. I don't know. They Uh, he didn't 
address her and it's the first time we've seen her but i know we see her at least one more time okay and i think we find out her name then but um so i mean she's just one of the inhabitants yeah i just thought that was kind of bizarre and and i think that although it was kind of a throwaway scene i think I don't it's good think it was though but my point being is i you know let's just say in that sense it, you might think it's a throwaway scene i think there's something to be said for it that's another piece of this larger yeah. puzzle that we need to know yeah i i think they're all investment scenes right like there's there's they're definitely not including you know ed sheeran sitting there with the guard um Singing a, song. Uh, singing a song in the middle of the woods with Arya Stark, you know, That's there's sure. nothing like that. That still makes me mad. You well, know, people are mad about the 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 series finale. I'm like, no, that's not even worth getting mad about. The Ed Sheeran scene, they wasted my time. They well, did not move anything forward with that. And we love All a right. good story that moves. So, what yeah. is your what is your next? Um... My next point is um has to do with victor okay um so let's see i don't know we might have hit everything on him but julie upon seeing him the first time she's just completely freaked out by him well she's also roped up so it's like some wacko is and, but and he doesn't she's... come in in any kind of a, an aggressive way but she was a little creepy creepy he is. He comes across that way. Um, but it's not like he comes in saying anything that's totally weird. But um, you have to look at the look at the bigger picture. She's well, a 17, yeah. yeah, she's a teenager. She's she's roped up with a bunch of people she's never met. Yeah. And some guy is like wants to be nice she's to in, her. Yeah, and she can't defend herself. So I mean it was a little creepy, creepy, but I, yeah, but I, it just, in a way, it kind of bugs me the way a teenager can bug me where I'm just like, you're really making too much out of this. But um, where else did I have notes about Victor? I mean, we find out that it's Victor and I think we already said that. So I think this point is really um, hammered down, but we find out that Victor's the one that's creating all the childlike art. Right. We and, talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's sitting at his desk and the way he holds his fingers at one point, like he's putting the crayons down and looking like he's looking, you know, for something on his desk, like maybe another color. He needs just the right color. And it's the way he holds his hand. Like his fingers are, mm-hmm. are pointed almost like if you drew a line, it would make a circle, you know? Right. And it's kind of like, you know, when kids are not completely cognizant uh, about how their body works and moves, mm-hmm. like it, like it, a hand might go into that position and to us as adults um, and, you know, aware of our motor skills, we're just like, no, it looks weird. You know, whereas a kid, they're still figuring out how all this stuff works. And so doesn't look weird to them. And, and also, if nev- and if somebody has never told him any different, why would he change it? Yeah, exactly. 
so it, it's the drawings, um, his overall behavior, um, and he's sitting there just eating the peaches while he's drawing almost like, well, you know, it's after school snack time. So I'm going to sit here and, and make some art and I'm going to, you know, eat my peaches, you know, and, um, you know, go into my room, got to eat a lot of peaches, drawing yeah. all the pictures, you know, all of that stuff that he's trying to do. And he's just himself. Right. Like he's not, thinking about being judged he doesn't care what anyone else is thinking but he's just sitting in his room just drawing well to your point covered. though to your point he has a pretty extensive imagination yeah. because he's drawing the scenes the car wreck everything from what people people are saying yeah but there's that, but there's more. Oh, no, there's more. I'm just saying, yeah, I think and, it's... And then, I... Yeah, but there's more, like, it, there's more beyond what showed up in the opening credits because there's so many, so many pictures. Now it makes me feel like sitting here doing that tonight. I'm going to draw, I'm going to draw some of Victor's pictures, but um, there's so many pictures, but it may, and, and they're all just blood in all of them there's Absolutely. something sinister in all of them and it makes me wonder if he's drawing the history of the town and the people that have lived in it so it I, could be he it could be he to your point he's the documentarian of uh from yeah because it didn't really see anyone like I can't connect any of the monsters with the pictures at first when um Donna said they ripped my sister's face out I was like wait a minute one of them had their face ripped off and it was just it was a little girl with blonde curly hair right in a blue pinafore so you know and she had lost her arm and the the weird thing was like the arms missing and there's a teddy bear. It's like they took the arm off so fast that right. she, you know, dropped the teddy bear and the teddy bear hadn't hit the, hit the floor yet. That's how fast it happened. Um, so it, none of it all seems, uh, I, actually, when you were looking in his room, there were, there were some adults in the pictures and then one of the pictures toward the end of the intro montage, it's like a, a split of a house. So you're looking at the second floor and the first floor, and there's a monster who doesn't have legs. And it looks like, you know, a sweepy ghost on the bottom, but he's all black and he's got his hands out. Yeah. And it looked like an adult was hiding under the bed. And then there was someone on the stairs with his hands up or her hands up, but you don't know if it's another monster, even though it's all black, right. you don't know if it's another monster or if it's someone that's with the person that's hiding under the bed, that's freaking out. Right. You know, so. We're going to have to go scene by scene or freeze frame that to take a look. And 
And if you want to give uh, your drawings, we can maybe give them away to a lucky listener or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll um, number them. We'll number them so that they'll, they'll be worth more. Yes. Here you go. Do we have an Instagram page? Uh, not that I know. Well, Podcastica does, but um, yeah. I don't think we as a podcast have one. Yeah. Cause I mean, that would be where to put it, I guess. To be, I guess. Like, Maybe yeah. we can talk. Maybe we can talk to the powers that be, and you know, we'll we'll uh, make the listeners uh, have to do something for that. But yeah. um, that going into that, um, what I'd love to talk about is, uh-huh. um, and and we've we've talked about Kenny a little bit, and we yeah. talked about him. I just find it really interesting how, and this is just a common thing, how as much as you love and hate your parents, you turn into them in a little bit, in a way, like you love, you end up loving what you hate. Like that whole beginning of the scene and the end of the scene when he's talking about, you know, when he's cutting the, the, uh, the tree and he's talking mm-hmm. about the chess pieces, how they yeah. weren't lacquered yet, and he's got to make new ones. And that was the last thing that his parent, him and his dad did together was make those chess pieces. I, I mean, it just goes along to what Kenny is all about. He's all about family. He's all about protection. I mean, he's got the, you know, the badge and the uniform going on. And it just, it, it really just kind of, says a lot about him and that he believes in uh, Boyd and what the sheriff is doing. Um, I, yeah, he does. But to a point, maybe he's the only one. Oh, that, he might be the, 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 the only one bearer. that said, I'll do it. But I mean, I have for our note section, you know, I've got some questions and one of my question, what one of my questions was, why do they need police? Like, why do they have to be police per se versus just two guys that are taking care of the town? Leaders versus police. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can understand that. I'm just curious. You know? Oh, and hopefully, you know, it gets answered by uh, by the end of the season. Yeah. Um, so what is your next uh, point? We might have zipped through them. Okay. And that's okay. I mean, I have a couple of other things. I just, I just wanted to make sure. You know what? I just have one left. Okay. Before we get into other stuff, but um, it had to do with the stories. So, you know, we've already talked about Kenny's story, how he was talking about, you know, only having three boxes left on the chessboard to go to, you know, and he said every game he played with his father ended the same way. So, and you were saying, you know, it's a mind game and the, you know, it's saying that he could never get on the same level as his dad, you know, mentally, it doesn't mean that his dad was smarter than him, but just that they were of different minds and his dad was outsmarting him every single time. Maybe Maybe they did the same dance over and over again. And that's why they always ended up in that same spot. Maybe because um, Kenny made the same mistakes every time. 
And so it always came down to that, that same ending, which is something to think about when they are all in this, this predicament that they're in, because they only have so many places to go. Well, and, and they have and to get there before it's too late. Absolutely. And I think, you know, his father knows Kenny. He taught him the game. He knows everything about him. How does that relate to the monsters? Well, the monsters have the upper hand because uh, they have the power to um, do destruction. But right now, the only thing that's holding them back is the talismans. Yeah. I mean, there's really nothing else that's holding them back besides the talismans. So until until the groups can find some kind of weapon or some kind of something to fight back, so to speak, they're really at the mercy of the monsters. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's unfortunate, but there's a ton of questions that definitely need to be um, uh, answered. So it looks like... Oh, sorry. It seems unfortunate, maybe, that it's pointless to have guns because they are a limited species and they don't want to kill each other with these guns because they don't work on these monsters. And so you know, when the guy is not wanting to let them in the house and he's got a gun and then later on, um, was it Tabitha or, um, Julie's room that was being guarded by a guy with a gun, like they were there to take them out. And if by some reason, by some chance, they were actually monsters themselves, those guns wouldn't have done any good whatsoever. Right. Ta-da, that's all I have to say. And what's funny also about guns, it's it, it's in a lot of these type of shows. There's only so yeah. many bullets. Well, there's so, only so many bullets, but they only can do the damage that they can do. No, I'm just saying, like, yeah. I mean, you have a gun, that's great. Yeah. One, it doesn't do anything. And we're in a place where you can't get any... Uh, new stuff. New yeah. stuff. Um, Unless someone brings it with them. And... And I'm gonna. I have something to talk about when we when we talk about our notes. Um, mm. But do you have any other major points that you? Oh wanna... well, yeah. There was that was the five A, and then the five B was Sarah's story um, about the little girl in a room with broken glass, and right. she knows the pieces used to mean something that they used to be something, and when she looks at it she only sees shards of glass right so she tries to put them back together but she can't put them back together and then she goes into um the fact that like the very next thing is that she hears their voices so what it said to me is that she's actually the little girl and the world that they are in is all the broken glass And whatever it is, these voices are getting her to do something so that she can put something back together. And instead of getting closer to putting something back together so that everything's good again, 
everything that she is being made to do just draws her further down the path and makes things worse. And that's the whole point of her story. She's the little girl with all the broken glass. Mm -hmm. Well, she has, she is definitely an onion. There's a lot of layers to her. Yeah. And we're going to hopefully find out a little bit more or they're going to find out what she did and she may have to pay for her crime, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, well, the gun will work on her. But... <laughs> definitely it'll work on her. Uh, but since I think we went through all of our points, yeah. I think we should definitely try to talk about solving mysteries. Yeah. And, you know, what's going to come up next. And yeah, the the one mystery was the last scene of the whole entire show, which I wanted to talk about in the, in the points, but it, it fit better here. And okay. the, the big, what the fuck moment, the WTF moment was the last scene. So Ethan finally gets free he passes yeah. out he goes into shock he goes into tremors he's finally at colony house protected and he's talking to his sister and now his sister is all nice to him about the monsters and he looks out the window and what does he see some freaky freaky kid that goes <laughs> shh and that's it and i'm like okay we we got monsters in the day now and yeah. what the heck is going on and why yeah. is this kid talking to him and holy cow do we have and a why new him yeah I... to me like when i first saw that i just immediately connected it to victor for some reason and i don't know like i don't want to say anything and give something away but for some reason, he just reminded me of Damien. This is for you. It's all for you, Damien. <laughs> and then jump off the building, right? Right. But um, that's who he reminded me of. But because of the way he looked, I was he like, almost he looked like Ethan a little. Well, yeah, he looks similar to Ethan. So for Ethan's cute, but um, he. I don't know, like the style of the hair and then, you know, Victor's still sort of got that hairstyle. Right. And he's a little kid and Victor's acting little kid-ish. Oh, sorry. But for some reason, I just connect it with, with Victor. Uh, all I know is I connected it with being, oh man, we got a whole new set of rules going on yeah and hopefully um either the the colony or boyd's people <laughs> uh yeah. the sheriff's people either know about this or if they don't it's gonna put a whole twist to the whole thing because nobody has talked about monsters during the day right so um and oh and right before that julie changes the end of the monster story for the lake of tears right so it's all, she it's gives all it good. a happy ending yeah um so all right so that is new on the mystery list um the creepy little kid and then as far as 
you know, town versus the colony house. So uh, we established that the hospital used to be a school. Right. Um, that they have to improvise with medical supplies because Christy is running saline out of a mason jar. Of um, yeah. And then the count is back to zero. And then just a little side note, Mason pulls out a key with a buoy attached to it, like a little miniature buoy, but um, that probably should have been a note. So, and then, you know, as far as Colony House goes, um, they have raised bed planting going on up there. Yes, they do. Um, they have multiple levels with bedrooms all over the place. Um, Victor lives there. Um, Donna is definitely in charge because no, you know, the, some of them didn't want to open that door. And she was like, you will open that door. <laughs> you know, of Absolutely. course, Fatima was on board with that uh, because Ellis was out there. But Donna is the boss. If we were wondering, we wonder no more. Oh, yeah. No, there's there's only one uh, alpha female and that's her. Yeah. So I didn't really have much to add. That's that's what we knew. Um, yeah. No, I mean, um, did, did you have any other notes? Oh, I have notes, but this was for. No, I'm just mystery. saying. I mean, in terms of uh, solving any mysteries, I think we we really covered everything in terms. Well, of no, that. we we need to talk about the creatures. So. Okay. Yes. Um, so we got a look at more of them because the last time. We were looking at a milkman and I forget what the other one was, but they were both very dated, like, right. um, like, you know, 50s, 50s, 50s. 60s, something like that. So the first one we see in this episode is a teen boy who's probably somewhere between 16 and 19, something like that. He looked like he was maybe mid to late 90s into the early 2000s mm -hmm. you know he looked modern to me i think but i'm not sure behind him was standing either a bride or a bridesmaid because it looked like she could have been wearing a white gown with a veil mm -hmm. but she also could have been wearing yellow with a veil and i think it had more to do with lighting than anything else and I pegged her somewhere between um, late 60s and early 70s. Um, and next to her on her right was a man with a hat. Right. And it looked like the kind of hat that guys would wear when they wore hats all the time. Like when women wore hats, you know, like in more modern times, like, you know, 30s, 40s type thing. Right. It looked like a fedora type thing, nothing super fancy. Um, and he had a dark suit on. And I'm pretty sure the milkman was with them. Then at the, um, at the hospital, there were the creepy teens. Right. Yes, the creepy and, teens did show up in the door. Yeah. And I think the guy... Because of the way he smiles, I think he was the one that took down uh, Donna's sister. 
because he just seems like he's got a perpetual smile that even when he's not really smiling, like, you know, some people, they just kind of yeah. smile anyway. So I think um, that might've been him, but he's dressed all in black and it was really hard to get a gauge on what time frame he could be from. Um, it, it, he, I don't know. He was just dressed all in black. I mean, he had short hair. Um, it could have been any time. That's the problem. It could have been because he, he kind of had like a nerd look um, that would fit across many different time frames. But the mm-hmm. girl definitely looked late 60s with, or even late, well, I, I hesitate to say 50s, but um she Mid-to-late was very city. neat looking like I, well I mean, yeah but she she had the tortoise shell glasses it looked like her hair was pulled back in a ponytail she had a handbag um which is more like the queen elizabeth style purse the kind you don't put over your shoulder but you have to either you know hold it in your hand like a or clutch put it over your not a clutch but you have to either hold it in your hand or put it over your forearm okay I'm not up on my, I am not up on on my purses uh, purses these days. But if you think about, if you see a picture of Queen Elizabeth, Mm -hmm. you always see her holding a purse on her forearm. Right. And, and that, that's the kind of purse that this girl was holding. Um, And she had, I was almost going to call it a twin set, which is like a sweater set where Mm -hmm. it's a sweater with the matching, like a, a, a sweater shell, which is right. a shirt that goes underneath with a matching sweater cardigan that goes over it and they're the same color, but it wasn't, it was a blouse. She was wearing a blouse with a sweater and she had a skirt and it looked like it was just above the knee. So it wasn't a high mini skirt, you know, and, and risque, but it was something that was respectable. Um, well, we like our monsters so, respectable. We don't want them yeah, to risk Yeah, anything. definitely. Because, you know, you don't want them to think that they're up for anything, right? Absolutely. So um, that's what I got as far as looking at new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as what we establish about them is that they are not people, but they don't know what they are. The talisman will, will keep them away they is and you put it near a door and then you keep your doors and windows shut and then they can't get in donna refers to them as monsters um keep your windows covered at night so that they can't trick you because um you can't look at them because if you remember julie is looking at that boy and she's getting like mesmerized by him like she would have done anything he told her to do Absolutely. So there's, they hypnotize you somehow, because even when Fatima is saying, I want you to look out, you know, cause she pulls the curtain aside. She's like, just look out. Don't look down because they would be down on the ground if they're out there and they could get to her from there. Like, you know, by floating up apparently, because that's what the grandma did with Megan. So, um, you don't want to look at them. Um, they whisper to get in your head. So we did hear them talking at a regular talking level, but 
there was a lot of whispering, you know, to like make you wondering what, to make you wonder what they were saying. And it kind of unnerves you when you don't know what they're saying at all. Well, yeah, um, just along with the, the creepiness of them banging on the RV or whatever it is, it's just, it, it, it just adds a, a factor of creepiness that's just, ugh. Okay, so there's that. And then we know that guns don't work on them. Um, and then they like to hunt and they play with their prey, which is what Donna was talking about. And then they lie, which we knew. They'll tell you whatever it is, you know. So the thing is, they're lying to um, Sarah. Right. But she's so twisted up about it that, you know, whatever they're doing, she doesn't have a chance, like, against them. Um, and it's interesting because Fatima is like, what? no, it wasn't Fatima. I think it was um, uh, Boyd that says, they whisper and they get in your head. Right. She, he was saying that to uh, Kelly. Yeah. And so that's I'm Christy. That's, I'm sorry, Christy. Yeah. And that has what that's what's happened to Sarah. Somehow the whispering has gotten to her. And they're, you know, they're making her do their bidding. Like, what, what's kind of interesting is, is that they don't want to kill her because she's such a good conduit for her for them. Well, yeah, but I think they're playing with her. That's what I mean. They, they, it's it's a game. It's yeah. a game to control her. Well, no, no. I think the, they're controlling her, but I think the end game is that they are going to kill her and eat her. But they're having a lot of fun with her in the meantime. Mm -hmm. Because in those 96 days, you know, they haven't been able to get in. So it could be like in the last um, three months, that's when they got those talismans. Right. And they've all been able to, you know, come indoors and, and sleep indoors. So um, maybe that's when it started with Sarah 96 days ago. And, you know, they're not they're not eating. So they've got to do something. Yeah, they get more aggressive. Yeah. So. All right. So now on to notes. What do you have for notes? Um, I only have one real note um and it has to do with new people coming in okay y you know resources are always the key in these type of shows right yeah and yes every time somebody brings a car in they bring in new stuff um but they also bring knowledge you know mm -hmm. i'm i'm thinking about um jim uh-huh he's he's an engineer Right. And that could be very valuable to this group. Right. Um, you know, in terms of building some kind of defense yeah. or if they I the one thing I was thinking about when I was watching this, you know, what could they do to prevent themselves? Go underground. Yeah. Um, you know, or just he could probably help in a lot of different ways. Um I don't think they talked about uh, what um, his wife does yet, what Tabitha does yet. 
No, I don't think so. But my point being is, you know, she'll bring something to the table. Yeah. You know, so when, when we look at, when we look at this, I always think of how can we put these people in positions to be successful for the larger, larger group? And what resources did they bring to the table? I.e., they've got an RV. RV can be useful on a bunch of in a bunch of ways. Yeah. Um, you, you know, so I, I I'll be it'll be interesting to see how um, how that's all going to work out and where they decide to uh, put those resources. Yeah. Uh, for for the groups. Or even if they use them. And that's true too. Um, and that was really the only note that I had. Um, cause I think we kind of covered everything. <laughs> okay. Um, well, have, I mean, I what I saw, I know you have, yeah. yeah, you, you see things I, I don't see. So what are some of the things <laughs> that, that you, uh, that you saw? All right. So one of the things I noticed is that Tom Luce is a consulting producer on this show. Okay. Um, he is a producer on The Walking Dead, and he keeps coming up as suggested friends on my Facebook. So when I was at, um, working The Walking Dead party, he, he comes up and I'm like, oh my God, I know who you are. <laughs> I was like, you're Tom Loose. I don't even have to check the list. Come on in. <laughs> as far as I know, they haven't barred you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so he's working on this show. Um, creepy little. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> All I right. Know. I don't know either. I don't know what that note means. All okay. right. Um, oh, you're probably talking about the little boy. No. Okay. I don't think so. All right. So I wrote down what Fatima says when she moves aside the sheet to look outside. Right. And she says, even a nightmare can look like a dream. Right. And I was like, oh, that's so beautiful out there. And I paused on that so that I could kind of get the lay of the land to mm -hmm. see if there was anything out there. Because, you know, in, in the near distance, you see the diner and the motel lights. The, right. Those are up. Um, and then there's a couple of little lights, like people in town. And then there's the star in a, uh, not a star. There's the moon and a planet below it. And, you know, but underneath that, it's almost like you see trees, but then they stop after a certain point and then it's dark until the horizon and there's no definition whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's worth going back to take a look at that. And actually I took a picture. So, oh yeah, I took a picture of that and I took a picture by, I had paused and it was on Jim and it was like when your Zoom freezes, it right. was one of those kind of pictures. <laughs> I, I got a good laugh out of that. That's awesome. Um, all right, so Julie's shirt, I mentioned last week that it had a third eye on it. This week, I got to see a better um, look. I got a better look at it, and it says illusion. 
So it's this thing with big ears and a third eye and the word illusion on it. Um, Kenny hates chess. Um, guns are there for the living. And then I wondered how many times Donna has told her story. Yeah, she's she seems, yeah, years. she's, for three years, she's been having a deal with, you know, the newcomers. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, it, I'm sure, like, as survivors, every once in a while, people, you know, to deal with their trauma are sitting around and, and talking about their thoughts about what happened and, you know, even what happened. Because sometimes people have to talk something until you can't talk about it anymore, you know, True. in order to feel better. Um, so that's all I had for notes. Nothing awesome. too exciting. Um, do you have any uh, notes from the sheriff? There is really just two quick notes. Um, so I found out that the show uh, will be begin beginning uh, will be starting. That's a better word. Starting filming soon. I saw a date, but I couldn't find the article again. But they film in Nova Scotia. Okay. Which I didn't think anyone filmed there unless they had to be there. So they film in Nova Scotia. Now I want to go. Um, and they plan to release it late 2023. Uh, so we have a year to go. Well, what is it? What month are we in? May? A year and a couple months. 15 months? Yeah. Or so? Yeah. So those are my notes from the sheriff. Okay. Um yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a long a long year. Uh, if it's late if it's late next year, um, you know, we'll we'll definitely be uh, waiting for it. But that's gonna stink for for us. But it'll be awesome once it drops. Um, you know, we have been well trained with The Walking Dead. True. With waiting for this stuff. Oh and, no, and and, and, and you know what. Good, good things, good things come to those who, you know, wait. And, and when you've got the writing and the, the story that they're trying to tell, it's definitely, you know, going to be worth the wait. I mean, we've been yeah. very lucky with the, with the shows that we both enjoy, um, yeah. you know, and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. So yeah. that being said, why don't you, since you're, uh, you just took your drink of water there. Why don't we talk about listener buzz? <laughs> listener buzz. Um, so do you want me to read the first one or the second one? You or can I can do the both. And you, then you are, you are the buzz around. queen. You're I'm the a buzz, buzz queen. queen. All right. So um, our first note is from Penny Lennox. And she says, I especially love the opening credits and the song. And I do like the version of the song. It's just the opening credits are so long. But, you know, after sitting and looking at them, you know, frame by frame, or I don't want to say frame by frame, but image by image, I'm intrigued. And I did see a lot of stuff. And one of the things I noticed is that this town may or may not be in America 
but at least one person has brought an American flag into that town. True. So there's that. There is that. Yeah. Um, and then we have Greg Schwab. Okay, okay, I'll admit it. The jump scare in the RV got me pretty good. I like the show and the character development. The chess allegory reminded me of TWD Worlds Beyond Rat in a Cage comparison, where eventually you just get tired of run out of places uh, to hide. Very, very astute, Mr. Schwamm. So it seems that Ethan is another version of Sarah, psycho sister, where he can hear, see the creatures during the day. And I'm assuming that this is what we are supposed to put together from the final glance of the kid creature outside that she sees slash hears them in the same way. I am curious about the purpose of her leaving the door open, what the game is, end game is, and if the brother will turn her in. I look forward to listening. Greg, we look forward to putting our words in your ears. Well, it is going to be interesting to see what the brother does. And it's also going to be interesting to see if Ethan turns into another uh, Sarah, if he starts hearing these things. See, I don't know. I don't. I'm don't just throwing that out there, though. Yeah, I don't think they're the same. I just I really think Sarah is just a plaything. I think she's a puppet of the monsters. Well, and, you have to also realize we don't know when Sarah got there. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is well, what, wait a minute. What does that mean? When did she? When what? At what age did she get to from? Are you thinking that people stop aging? No. What What I mean by that is she could have gotten there four years ago. We don't really know how old she is. My point being is Ethan's a pretty small, pretty young kid. Yeah. Very impressionable. Maybe these monsters are like, you know what? We can we can manipulate the young a lot better than we can manipulate the old. It's a possibility. I mean, and then what they probably do is have a blanket thing and whoever bites, they they kind of. Yeah. Well, I think they. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I I think that maybe. She just was in a weakened psychological state. I mean, yeah, she just could be batshit crazy, but you know, yeah. that's that's a whole nother theory. I mean, that I could mean, just be the simple fact of yeah. it. Yeah. That could be why she was with her brother. I don't even know if we do I don't yeah, we don't know why they're there. No. So I mean, maybe he was bringing her to or picking her up from the hospital. We don't know. And you know. Or maybe she was just always a nice girl and fell in with the wrong crowd. Absolutely. It All happened. right. And now we have our our, uh, our one our one uh, call um, from Steve Brown. So Hello, Alex and Penny, I guess. Um, this is Steve and this is for from episode two, the way things are now. Sounds like the things that are walking outside are saying something or the trees are whispering something, but I can't make out what they're saying. Oh, yeah, Jim, you do not want to let these people in. You do not. Oh, Kenny just shot that guy, and he didn't even blink. This uh, this guy is really taking a lot of things on faith. I, if I was a dad, I'd be freaking out right now. And But he wants to keep his kid calm as well. So, hey, this chick is a little creepy. 
talking about the watch, talking about how handsome this guy is. She's just going to stay and look at him for a little while. Oh, she just said the title of the episode, Mic Drop. The way things are now. Creepy, but he's harmless. This is really tense. They're on the roof. Oh. Oh, that's gruesome. Pulling that out. Oh. I don't know. You've done plumbing already. You stuck that guy in the neck with a screwdriver. She's apparently hearing voices. Everyone sees the tree. Okay, so I have forgotten about this. So Donna has been here three years, six months, and 17 days. Wow, and that was just chilling. Her sister, because she's still here screaming. Oh, used to have running waters for showers so that crazy lady can clean up after whatever she did at the clinic. Oh, that's not good. They're coming into the clinic. Oh, no. Oh, I totally forgot about Christy's nightmare about the gym taking down the talisman. We know why they knew runners were not the things because Kenny just said they walk, they don't run. Creepy little boy outside the window. All right, can't wait to hear you guys talk about this one later. It's Lizzie. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Steve, for that live Steve rendition. Just remember, it's Alex and Lizzie, not Penny, although <laughs> she may want a, a guest host um, yeah. at any time. I just want to thank everybody who wrote in. All right, so that's our show for tonight. Thanks for listening, everybody. And if you like the show, and I don't know how you couldn't, um, just give us a, a thumbs up, a like, or a five-star review. And if you do like it, tell a friend. Um, but you can give us a, an email, a message at podcastica.com, and you can do voicemail like Steve Brown did, or just leave a message like Penny did. And while you're there, be, be sure to check out the other shows, um, Podcastica is doing is it moon night they just finished moon night uh this and, week and yellow jackets are finishing up yeah they just um, did a rewatch i know they're doing yeah. ozark with rima and yeah. wendy um and i know they're doing better call saul as yes, well yes they just started with that so you know they offer a lot just because they're doing those shows right now, doesn't mean you can't go back and look at their catalog. So I would uh, suggest doing that. Um, one other thing, uh, Lizzie, why don't you tell the people a little bit about, you know, your, your podcast. Oh, what brain's gone bad. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> you guys are yeah, covering what right now? All right. So my podcast partner, Kim and I were basically, we are so over fear the walking dead. Um, but we still have feelings, um, <laughs> that we just have to express. So we're like, just, um, ranting for about 20 minutes or so about, about how bad the show is. Yeah. So if so, that's something that you're looking for folks, that's yeah, where you can go at, for that. Um, I, I, two women, bitch. <laughs> I'm also, I also have Field to Screen uh, podcast as well. We, we talk about sports movies and um, I've got a couple more Olympic uh, episodes to go in and then, a, and then a basketball movie that's coming out soon. And then, of course, baseball's coming up. But oh. um, next week, we're going to be covering episode three of season one. It's called Choosing Day. So that that looks like it could be uh, something for our our fam. 
Yeah, of something of our choosing. No, but yeah. I, I bet you it has to do something with our family having to decide where they're going to go. Um, or the rest of the drunken yeah. people as well or from something. the car accidents. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, all right. Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening. And the bell's ringing, so it's time to go home before it gets dark. <laughs> <laughs>